Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies on how to increase your sales and your leads for your business through traffic. And today we're going to be talking more about the other side of traffic, which is conversion rate. Conversions refer to at Tier 11 as conversion architecture. It's funny, we're actually in the throes of doing a conversion architecture, CRO, conversion rate optimization course. And it made me realize exactly how important this is. And I think it's still something that we don't talk about enough on this show. So today's show... I'm going to be talking with you with Outcossum because I know he doesn't really like conversion rate optimization. He is all about before the click, which is perfectly fine because the traffic side of this whole thing is obviously super important. We actually do both sides because we realize that you can leverage your traffic and make your traffic more valuable by enhancing your conversion rate and also improving your offer. So we're not gonna be talking specifically about your offer today. That's almost a more in-depth, probably a lengthier podcast, which we will do an episode about that because we've got plenty to say on that subject too, because it's probably one of the biggest things that will improve your conversion rate but it's one of the hardest things to do. And that's something that we also do inside Tier 11. We do offer optimization and in some cases creation or just taking an offer that's been out there for some time and refreshing it a bit, repurposing it a bit, make it a little bit different. And like we always talk about here on the show, the more conversion paths that you have to acquire a customer or to at least engage with a customer. So a customer potentially can engage with you, the better off you're gonna be. And we're gonna back that up with some facts here today. So without further ado, we're gonna get right into conversion rate optimization, the five steps or five proven ways to increase your conversion rate on your website right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic, Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley, 
and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back. So today we're talking about conversion rate optimization or CRO for short. It's the first time you've ever heard that expression or that phrase. That's okay. We have a lot of CMOs, directors of marketing, VPs of marketing here. CRO is really is a big deal, but it's not a really sexy topic. For every 10 leads that comes in the door at tier 11, probably one of them is aware that they need some kind of improvement on CRO or conversion rate optimization. But granted, a lot of folks don't realize that agencies actually do that thing, improve after the click or what we refer to as conversion architecture, which is our phrase that we use that sort of describes offer augmentation, optimization, as well as CRO. So today we're really going to be talking about CRO. So conversion rate optimization and why it's important. An interesting stat that I came upon was that companies on average spend $1 on conversion rate optimization for every $92 they spend on customer acquisition. Now, it's great that they're spending that money on customer acquisition because customer acquisition is sort of what makes everything run in the online world. And obviously in business, basically there's three ways you can grow your business is getting more customers, getting them to buy more when they buy from you and getting them to buy more frequently. So number one is customer acquisition, acquiring brand new customers. And then the other two are really about selling more to the existing customers that you already have. Once you acquire them, what are you going to do to enhance their lifetime value, enhance their AOV, all those sorts of things. And we'll do plenty of episodes on those things as well. In fact, I think we're just going to make this into a series here because it is so vitally important. And we've been talking about advertising and, and traffic for quite some time here, perpetual traffic, hence the name of the show. But really, the name of the game in this show is perpetual traffic and conversion. So sorry about that, Ryan Dice. But anyway, the realization is that so many businesses focus on the sexy thing and not the thing that is the harder thing to do, which is CRO. So in fact, companies that, like I said before, that have more pathways in which to engage with potential customers or prospects, no matter if you're selling a digital product, if you're selling an e-commerce product, doesn't matter. Think of this as the amount of SKUs. If you're an e-commerce business, the more SKUs, chances are, the more potential audiences you can appeal to because there's so many more products. It's the same sort of thing when it comes to conversion rate. And when it comes to conversion rate, the more ways you have to get people to convert on your site, not necessarily just to purchase, but 
to opt in specifically. In fact, HubSpot did a great study on this, and we'll be doing some stuff with HubSpot in the coming months here, which is pretty exciting, is that companies with 15 landing pages, 15 landing pages, have 55% more leads than those with just 10 landing pages. Now, you can think about everything on your website potentially as a landing page. If you have a call to action button on a blog post, that technically could be considered a landing page. We typically will call that a Johnson box, but maybe your work with us form is a landing page. Maybe you have a specific page for a specific type of avatar if you're selling a service, maybe for personal injury lawyers, or maybe for franchises, or whatever it happens to be. Every different pathway that you have on your website enhances your overall ability to be able to acquire more customers. And the more pathways that you have, the better you are as a business. In fact, and this is almost a ridiculous example, I don't know how many businesses have this many, maybe HubSpot actually has it. Another HubSpot stat is that companies that have 40 landing pages or more generate 12 times more leads than those who have landing pages in the single digits. So the more opportunity you have to engage with a potential or would-be customer, at least to exchange name and email information, contact information, the better off your business is going to be. So when it comes to forms, specifically forms, we'll get into the five ways in which to prove your average conversion rate on your website. There's a really important thing that we have realized over the course of time, we've actually been guilty of this as well, is the multi-step form versus the single form. Now you've probably seen some of these. So let's say you're a service-based business and you wanna bring in potential leads, but you have 22 forms that you want them to fill out. Each page of your form, it should actually be a multi-step form. And what we found is that if you split that up into, let's say, five different sections where they have to click to the next section of four questions each, or maybe five questions each in four sections. That actually increases your conversion rate, in some cases triples your conversion rate. So on average, multi-page forms have a 13.8% conversion rate, whereas single-page forms have only a 4% conversion rate. So just by splitting up your forms unto itself, you can all of a sudden start to gain more conversions for your website and obviously increase and enhance your business. So let's just take a step back here. Obviously, we're talking about conversion rates here. But one of the things I think that sometimes people get a little mixed up in is the actual statistics and the numbers and the metrics. And I've gone through the first 10 or so minutes of this show here, assuming that you know what I'm talking about when it comes to conversion rate. So what is a conversion rate? Conversion rate in simple terms is, or CVR, which is what a lot of people will name it, is calculated as the number of conversions divided by the number of visitors multiplied by 100. So that is your conversion rate. And just to give you some statistics on average conversion rates, because this is something that we're always asked, like what's a good conversion rate? What's a good opt-in rate for a lead magnet versus a conversion rate for a purchase on an e-commerce store? Obviously the correct answer is that it varies, but there's a couple of different statistics here that I think you'd be probably very interested in. When you take into consideration purchases, leads, as well as lead forms, Facebook itself or the meta platforms actually have a pretty high conversion rate, according to about nine different studies. And there's really, there's 
One old one by WordStream, which I really don't think is accurate. But when you add them all up and sort of take the averages, the, about the average for a conversion rate on Facebook is about 9%. Now, you might be saying to yourself, that's crazy because there's no way I'm getting 9% conversion rates on my e-commerce store. That is the average between 20, 20, 30, 40%. Like we've had conversion rates on landing pages or lead forms that are upwards of 50%. So take that into consideration and take that under advisement that 9% is really as an average over many different industries. But Facebook itself still does have a really high conversion rate. And that might be because of lead forms. It also could be because of if you have a, like a ClickFunnels opt-in page that only asks for name and email, those conversion rates are typically pretty high. So the, the Benchmark that we use for landing page conversion rates, remember, conversion rate is calculated by the number of conversions divided by the number of visitors, okay, multiplied by 100. The average conversion rate that we see for a lead magnet opt-in is about 20%. Anything less than 20%, especially when we're talking about cold traffic, is typically is an indication that page just won't convert or there's some kind of message match, maybe the offer, there's an issue with it. But in most cases, when we're doing conversion rate optimization or a conversion rate analysis for landing pages specifically, it's typically it's in the 30% range, is about a good range. 40% is the benchmark that digital marketer uses oftentimes. And that is a combination of cold traffic as well as warm traffic. So take that into consideration. But if your landing page and you're sending this out on Facebook is getting, let's say 10% or 5%, some of the things I think we're gonna be talking about in today's show will probably help you boost that conversion rate. So when you look at conversion rates for other platforms, so for example, social media, just a social media post, not a paid social media post, the average based upon about seven or eight different studies that were done, one specifically done by Unbounce, which is actually a really good study. We'll leave links in the show notes. Conversion rate for social media, just a social media post is actually is the least. It's about less than 1%. So less than 1% on your social posts that you might put on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. A lot of those social posts don't have calls to action. So it stands to reason. A lot of the social stuff that we do doesn't even have a call to action. It's really, it's like, comment, share, or subscribe, or you know, subscribe to this page, go to our YouTube page, that kind of thing. So conversion rates are sort of very, very low for social, which is to be expected. Up from there, percentage-wise, is actually pay-per-click advertising. Search pay-per-click is typically is around 2.5%. And the overall average just for websites just in general is anywhere between 2 to 5%. So as you can see there, your median average right in the middle. And pay-per-click advertising, depending on the industry, like I said, we'll leave some links in the show notes to some really good studies on PBC advertising, could be anywhere from 1% all the way to 20% on pay-per-click, depending on what it is, the finance sector being extremely high in that section, as well as B2B being fairly high in the four to five range. So just to give you sort of a sense as to what a good conversion rate looks like, it's really it's all over the map. One of the ones that is really one of the highest and it's probably because it's within the platform and there's a lot of intent when somebody goes to this platform is Amazon. So think about how you will view or at least use your Amazon app or the Amazon site. You go there with an intent. 
you might see a Facebook ad and then you might click on it or maybe you don't click on it. And then you go to the website or maybe you Google the website. You know, we just had this conversation two or three weeks ago with a customer, like, where are you getting most of your sales? Well, they are getting it from Facebook and then they're going to Google searching for the website from their Facebook ad, then comparing the price on their website with the price that they sell the product on Amazon. And as a result, what they're finding is half and half of their sales, about 50% of their sales are actually coming from Amazon because there are prices for their products that actually undercut the prices on their website. Depending on what your arrangement is with Amazon, they might be taking anywhere from 15 to 18%. So in a lot of cases, your average order value and your net profitability might be lower on your Amazon sale than it would be on your site. So one of the tricks that we've seen is that instead of premium pricing on your website, oftentimes vendors will be recommended, especially if they're in an industry which is sort of a niche industry, is to premium price on Amazon so therefore, those shoppers will then go back to the actual website and purchase there. So just a little tip that you might want to try if you're an e-commerce vendor is test your pricing on the two different platforms. But having said that, the overall conversion rate on Amazon for organic, not through their advertising, not through the ads that you actually see and you click on or their retargeting ads that you see and they sort of roam around and follow you everywhere on the internet. If you put something in your cart is anywhere between nine to 10%, which is pretty high. So, which is, which it stands to reason people go to Amazon with intent, they're price shopping Amazon. Mostly everyone has prime, We have no free shipping, which might be better than your site. So this is something that you have to look at, especially if you're an e-commerce brand or you're selling online, really compare and go through that whole customer journey as if you're a new customer. And I think this is one of those important things that a lot of businesses just don't do because we also, we all have our heads down doing what we're doing every single day and we forget maybe my Amazon sales or my Amazon pricing is actually sabotaging my website sales and it might be sabotaging your profitability. Plus, remember, you don't get that user data. You don't get that conversion data. So if somebody sees an ad on Facebook, Googles your brand and then goes to Amazon, when they actually purchase on Amazon, that conversion will not be attributed back to either platform, either Google or Facebook. Something to keep in mind, look at your pricing, analyze your pricing. And it's one of the things that we do for our Amazon customers is analyze their feed, analyze their entire product line on Amazon and see how that directly compares to their website. And when you make those types of changes and really at least look at it, you know, I think you'll be startled by some of the results. And we've seen some incredible lift just by analyzing the entire customer journey and sort of thinking like a customer. And that's just the way that things go now. People price shop and compare over at Amazon. And that's probably why their conversion rates are so high. So obviously they've worked really hard at conversion rate optimization. I, I once heard that there's over 9,000 tests that are going on at any given moment in time in the Amazon platform to enhance conversions. 
So there is a reason why their conversion rate is so high because they work at this stuff, which we're talking about here on today's show. Couple of comparator groups here. Email, your email is about two to 5% conversion rates on average. And uh, by the way, your average open rates through a very large study that done by MailChimp is about 21%. So if you're sending emails and your open rates are less than 21%, you might wanna start working on your headlines or making your content a little bit more interesting. And just last but not least, e-commerce brands overall, the conversion rate on e-commerce sites have actually decreased in 2022 down to about 1.64. So 1.64 conversion rate, which I believe is down a little less than a half a percent from 1.8, 1.9 coming off the pandemic, which doesn't really surprise me there. So overall statistics. So look at your site, look at your pathway, analyze where your traffic is coming from. Chances are most of your traffic is coming from, in fact, on Facebook, and this is not something that I think anybody doesn't see, at least at this stage, is that it's a dramatic difference between your mobile traffic and your desktop traffic. And looking through all the tier 11 sites, this is very much in line with a lot of the studies that are out there. About 90 to 94% of our traffic comes from mobile for our customers. And we spend over $100 million a year on paid social. So that is a lot of data. And that backs up what the studies actually show as well. So when you're doing these conversion rate optimization steps, which we're going to be getting into here in just a second, don't look at your page on desktop first. Hit the little inspect button, right click, look at inspect. If you're looking at it on your desktop, which is where most pages are actually designed and conversion rate optimization typically starts on desktop, but 95% of your traffic isn't looking at the same page that you're looking at on desktop. So right click or press down to your fingers on your mouse pad if you've got a Mac or right click if you're on a PC, I haven't used a PC in 10 years and click on that inspect button. And what that'll do is it'll open up a whole other screen and then you can actually toggle in the upper right hand corner to see how your site looks like on different devices like iPhone 13, iPhone 10, all the Google devices, all the Pixel devices, all that. Even on iPad, you can do that. So we use the Chrome browser. We haven't used any of the other browsers in quite some time, but it's a very helpful way of just immediately getting a sense as to what your site really looks like for 95% of your visitors. So when you do these tips, when you do these improvements, don't look at your desktop. Maybe do them on your desktop if you're going to do them. That's where obviously our webmaster works most of the time. But the first thing, whenever she sends me a new page, I immediately go to the mobile site and I typically find something wrong. There's something that has been missed because most people who are doing conversion rate optimization are doing it on a desktop. So don't fall into that trap. So just a couple of things to keep in mind as we get into the five ways to improve your average conversion rates. So that's just a little preamble as to what we're going to be getting into next when we get into five ways, five proven ways to improve your average conversion rate on your website right after this quick break. You know why most agencies fail in the first 30 days? Well, they don't do the work beforehand. 
And they realize once they start managing ad accounts and doing all the things that working alongside businesses like yours in order to get you the results that you want, they waste a whole lot of time in the first 30, 60, 90 days and they're fumbling around in the dark. That's because they have not used what we do over at Tier 11, what we refer to as the strategic growth plan. Now, a strategic growth plan is a deep dive into what has gone on inside your ad accounts and your business with all the important financial metrics that you need in order to scale and grow. We analyze all that, come up with a plan that's 30, 60, 90 days out, and then we use that as our game plan once we start actively managing ads, once we start doing our creative research, once we start doing all our after-the-click extensive tracking on dev, but the plan is the key. And if you have an agency that is failing you right now, it's probably because they don't have a plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So get your strategic growth plan over at tier11.com, hit the big pink button, fill out the application, and we'll be in touch with you on how we can help you scale and grow your business through getting more customers and increasing their lifetime value. That's all we do at Tier 11. Head on over to tier11.com. Get your growth plan today. All right, we are back and we're going to be getting into five proven ways to improve your conversion rate on your website. One of the studies I think I mentioned before, which I did say we'll leave in the show notes, was by Unbounce. They do really actually some really good studies. Obviously, the word stream guys here in Boston are pretty badass at this. But in this study by Unbounce, they showed that over 74 million visits to more than 64,000 landing pages on their platform they found that the median conversion rate, not the average, the median, so that's right in smack dab in the middle of all of those individual data points, hovered right around between three and five and a half percent. So we typically will say anywhere between two to five percent is about the average conversion rate. If you're it, obviously it depends on what type of product that you're selling, something that has much higher consideration and costs a little bit more money, obviously is going to be on the lower end of that. Something that's more of an impulse buy is going to be on the higher end. So anywhere between three to five percent. And once again, conversion rate is calculated by the number of conversions divided by the number of visitors multiplied by 100. For those of you listening at home, keeping track. So, all right, let's get into five ways to improve your average conversion rates. One of the easiest things to do, and we're actually testing this right now on the over on the tier 11 site, not actually really crazy about the pop-up that we do have, but add a pop-up to your website. The idea behind a pop-up is to make it easy for people to take a baby step towards engaging with your brand. Donald Miller calls this a transitional call to action. Some people call it a hover pop or some a last offer or an exit intent pop-up. Like I said, we're testing one right now through our HubSpot integration, which I'm not really all that crazy about because there are some really good softwares that are out there that you can use that I think do a really good job. And we'll leave links in the show notes to this. Optin Monster is one of them created by my friend Syed, who's actually been on the show a couple of times. Optimunk is another one. There's some obviously through HubSpot, but the point is an, a, a hover pop or an exit intent pop allows people to have that first interaction with you. And sometimes it might be timed. In our case, I believe it's on a timer. Might be whether or not you actually move your mouse back over the site and go above into the browser again. There's a lot of different ways in which you can deploy it. 
Unbounce also has one as well. The point is that these types of hover pops or pop-ups are really, really effective at at least getting some contact information from people if they decide that maybe the one thing that's on your site, or maybe it's a product or maybe it's a service or book a call is not the thing that they want to do at that particular point in time. A couple of things to keep in mind when you are doing pop-ups, make sure that you use a delay so it won't immediately just pop right as soon as somebody comes to your site. That can be a huge distraction. In our case, I believe we're testing anywhere from 15 to 20 seconds. You can also do a scroll. There's a couple of different ways in which to do it. You basically want to be able to get people's attention after they've engaged and decided maybe not to take the action that you ultimately want them to take, which, like I said, might be an initial opt-in. It might be to book a call. It might be to register for a webinar. And it might even be to purchase a product. And a lot of e-commerce sites now use these for 10% off coupons, join a club, get on our mailing list, get on our early bird list. There's a lot of different ways in which to do it, but to make sure that you do not have that hover pop come on immediately when somebody lands on your site, it just becomes really annoying. And most importantly, click the inspect button. I just did it on a site that we're looking at here right now as we record two fingers right in the middle of your mouse if you're on a Mac or right click and then go right down to inspect, click on inspect. And then in the upper right hand corner, you can actually see and on the top left corner, you can see what the dimensions actually look like for an iPhone, for a Galaxy Fold. Oh yeah, that's like the new one, what it looks like on an iPad. A lot of different ways in which for you to look at your website. And also as soon as you do put that hover pop or that exit intent pop, on your site, make sure that you check that on mobile as well. A couple of other things on a hover pop is make sure that closing button is easily visible. There's pops that are just annoying for people that you can't see away. Actually, I had this happen yesterday. Actually, it was on an app. Apps are known for this. It's actually, this probably applies for apps that have a paid version as well as it does for landing pages, but make sure there's an X out there. Otherwise you just lose the user. Sometimes people make it so challenging or it's in a light, light gray and you can't really see it. So make that closing button really visible. Test out maybe different offers with it. I know Digital Marketer for many years said, yes, I want more money or no, I hate puppies. It was something like that. Make it just so opposite and obvious what action you want them to take. A lot of people use the yes, I hate money or no, I hate money and X out of it. But just make it really obvious and make it obvious what the benefit is and set that timer to either be scroll-based or timer-based and just make sure you're not ticking off your users because a hover pop could go the other direction for you if it's not done correctly and just keep everything really simple and clear and even friendly. You can be cute when it comes to a hover pop, but cute equals unclear oftentimes. So just make it really clear what you want someone to do. So hover pops are a big one. Like I said, we're testing one right now over at tier 11. The second way in which we found to really drastically improve conversion rates is testimonials. And testimonials as well as reviews or what is referred to as social proof. If you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you probably should know that at least by now. But social proof is super important. And if you're not collecting 
testimonials or reviews on your website, then you're really missing out on a great conversion tool. One of the best testimonial tools that we've used is called Get Bravo. It makes it super easy for people. You can actually use this in email, a link to people which o opens automatically and it captures, uses their phone. It's a great tool. You can do it on mobile. You can do it on desktop. We found it. It actually added on a website that we were working on, a customer that has since actually gone public years ago. They had a product that was older people afflicted with rheumatoid arthritis, 65 and 70 years old, and they could never ever get good testimonials, but they actually used Get Bravo because it's so simple and so intuitive. They got literally hundreds and hundreds of testimonials, user-generated content right from their user base just by emailing them out and giving them an offer, like a 25% off their next order, 30% off their next order, or an Amazon gift card, or whatever it happens to be. You'll find actually in many cases, people will just submit testimonials just because you ask them to, because they love your product. Get Bravo is one that we really have used it for years and years. If you have a Shopify store, one of the best ones out there is stamped.io. That's another really good one. And Oast.io is a service that we oftentimes will use for testimonials. So if you don't have them, definitely go get It's obviously, it's something that if you have a customer service person or a customer success person, should be a part of their overall what they're doing on a regular basis is actually gathering testimonials. So testimonials are a great way of increasing your conversion rates on your website. So video testimonials are super, super effective. If you can't get them on video, that's okay as well. You can just email your list and you can ask for testimonials and maybe even get a bit of a, or send them over to your Google reviews. Or maybe if you're using Trustpilot, send them over there and then incentivize them to give you a good review, an honest review. And we obviously, we do that here at Perpetual Traffic. It's super important that helps us get to a wider audience and help more people. But customer testimonials are a great way, especially video ones, and especially in most cases on the cart page, which is a super secret that not a lot of people do because right there is that moment of truth. A lot of people abandon right at the cart page and it's upwards of anywhere between 86 and 95% of people are going to abandon the cart if you're especially in if you're in e-commerce. So make sure there's testimonials on that page as well as on your regular landing pages and you'll see your conversion rates increase. Speaking of cart abandonment, number three is having a cart abandonment strategy. And like I said, it depends on whether it's desktop or mobile. Remember, chances are probably 90% plus of your website traffic is coming on mobile. One study from EcomStat actually says cart abandonment rates for desktop are 68%, but for mobile, it's 97%. So depending on what study you look at, it doesn't matter. The cart abandonment rates are incredibly high, and it's definitely something that you should have a strategy around. So one of the best ways in which to do this, we could do an entire show on it, is using trust badges on your cart and on your checkout pages so they know that their credit card information is actually going to be safe and secure. You can obviously use exit intent pops as well on your cart page. Like I said, adding testimonials 
to that page, I think is a great way. We've seen conversion rates drastically increase with a lot of customers using testimonial, video testimonials, especially on the cart page. And then don't forget your cart abandonment sequence and really working hard on a cart abandonment sequence, especially if you have gathered their name and their email. If they've abandoned cart and hey, it's just going to happen. It's part of life on the internet. Make sure that you do have really good subject lines and that you have a cart abandonment email sequence if you have already gathered their name and email. And an interesting stat is one of the biggest ways to reverse cart abandonment is actually offer free shipping. So in a study that was done by the same company, Ecomstat, they actually found that three out of the four reasons why people abandon cart is because either there's no free shipping, the shipping costs are too high, or their order didn't qualify for free shipping. So a great way to increase average order value is to offer free shipping with orders over a certain dollar figure but that could actually get in the way of the sale in some cases. So this is something that you probably really need to test. Now, remember our Amazon example before, in that customer's particular case, a customer had to pay for shipping in addition to the product being more expensive than Amazon. So why was practically 50%, if not greater, of their sales coming from Amazon? It's just a better offer because most people have Prime, which means free shipping, getting it in one to three days. Also look at your shipping times versus what Amazon is offering. If your shipping times are three to five days and Amazon's guaranteeing it in one to three days, you are at a huge disadvantage. So once again, if you're an e-commerce store, you're a CMO and you're wondering why all your sales are coming in from Amazon, maybe that's the reason why. So analyze these sorts of things and really look at them. So remember, free shipping is one of those little hinges that swings the big door. If you can figure out a way to provide free shipping, you have now eliminated three of the four top reasons why people abandon cart. So absolutely do that as much as possible. The last but not least advice here on cart abandonment or how to increase cart abandonment and how to increase your conversion rates. If you have a 20 field form that somebody needs to fill out as an application, break it up into five four question forms or four or five question forms, or better yet, just try and get it under the magical number of seven form fields. Seven form fields is really sort of that magical number. If you look, you actually go to all your competitors, you'll actually find that seven is just about the average out there. The reason is, is because that's the average number of form fields that people typically will bail out of after. They'll accept about seven form fields, but the less you have, the better. And if there is a way for you to actually have different form fields, you see a lot of, especially in the ClickFunnels funnels, they'll separate this out. You'll put name and email first, click next step, and then you start to fill out your address, click next step, and then fill out your credit card. So there's a method to that. So each individual step is a conversion metric unto itself, but make it easy for people. Don't overwhelm them with a 20 field form and don't start asking all these different questions on your checkout page. And that's a, another great way to reduce your cart abandonment rates. And maybe you can reverse some of those trends of 60 to 90% cart abandonment. 
The fourth way in which you can increase your conversion rate on your website is to make your call to action buttons in the active voice. I don't think this is anything that people really talk about all that much. Don't make it cute and funny. Don't try and make people burn calories to try and think of what they should be doing. Make it very easy. And one of the ways in which we tend to do it is we have a very sort of positive statement on call to action buttons. And if you use tools like Hotjar or Mouseflow, Mouseflow is the one that we tend to use a lot, or Lucky Orange, you'll actually see on your heat maps, and this is definitely something that you will want to do, especially for this tip here, is to note exactly how people are behaving on your website. And these heat maps will get you to understand, or at least your team will understand exactly where people are clicking, what they're not clicking on, where they're actually scrolling to, how far down they scroll on the page. Heat maps have been around for years and years. Definitely check out Mouseflow. Like I said, Lucky Orange is also a really good one. We used Crazy Egg for years and years, which is also a really good service. We don't use them anymore in our conversion architecture division. But the point is, is that you really do want to see exactly what people are clicking on. And what you'll find is that if you do a split test for your buttons, your call to action buttons, stuff like sign up now or buy now or add to cart are usually beaten in split tests or in A-B tests that you can do through any number of tools. Visual Website Optimizer is the one that we tend to use quite a bit now that Google did away with its free tool. You might want to add something like, yes, exclamation point. I want my free report or I want more business now, exclamation point. Don't get too cute. Maybe even tie it in with some kind of promise. Yes, I want to lose weight in 30 days. Make your call to action super active and split test that against the typical ones that most people have. Or if you're using ClickFunnels or using any of these other landing page builders, they typically will have sort of standard ones that they'll use, but split test them against each other. Secondary to an active voice on your call to action is also making sure that your call to action button really stands out. And this is what we refer to as the squint test. So take your website and put it on your desktop. This is actually okay to do it. Or maybe even better yet, right click on the inspect and actually look at it on mobile or send it to your phone and take a look at it and squint at your phone and see what really stands out. So if you go over to the tier 11 site and we're never perfect when it comes to this because we're always testing new things. The squint test, we it passes the squint test because the big pink call to action button is very much on purpose in the upper right hand corner as well as right smack dab in the middle of the website. You know exactly where we want to take you. Now we're split testing elements on that page all the time. So the one that you might see today might be the one that is different than one you maybe you've seen just a few weeks back. But the point is really do look at those call to action buttons. Make sure the coloring is really distinctive. If you have a blue website, do not make your call to action button a light blue. Have it be something on the opposite end of the color spectrum. In most cases, this is just your frame of reference. If it's blue, make it red. If it's green, make it orange. Make sure that your designer understands that because you really do want to be able to sort of look at the site very quickly and be able to know, all right, this is what we want visitors to do. 
and having some kind of action wording or action language on the button as well as having it be a very distinct color from the rest of the website is a great way to increase your conversions. Last but not least, the fifth way in which to drastically increase your landing page or your website conversions is to implement urgency and or scarcity. Now, we're not talking about false scarcity or false urgency here, but countdown timers uh, do work. So even you can even use this on your exit intent pop if somebody is abandoning out of your cart page. You can actually you can give them some kind of irresistible offer with an exit intent pop here with a countdown timer. And these are great ways to lend urgency right to your customer right at that sort of zero moment of truth, especially on the cart page. But just as a general rule, limited time offers, oftentimes those encourage prospects to take advantage before the offer expires one-time offers after the initial purchase or OTO ones as we call them or one-time offer twos or OTO twos are great ways in which to do this. We typically will have a countdown timer on those and make sure that it is very specific that you won't see this offer ever again. Very important there. Another great one that we've seen on e-commerce sites as far as urgency and scarcity is limited stock actually have a number of how many pieces of that particular article are in stock at that particular point in time, especially useful in the last year or so when a lot of inventory issues were really sort of pressing and affecting the e-commerce world. You can still use that sort of sense of urgency now. Those are relatively easy to do. Shopify has a lot of different apps where you can add that in and also indicate scarcity if you're hey, you know, we only have 100 seats for this webinar, or maybe we have seven seats left. Make sure that the actual scarcity itself is accurate, but scarcity and countdown timers are ways in which to definitely increase your conversion rate on your website. And we'll leave a couple of links in the show notes for a couple of ones that we have found to be especially helpful for countdown timers. A couple of countdown timers that we especially like are power, power.io, as well as Elf Site is another one, and CountingDown2.com, all really good and worthwhile countdown timers for websites. You can either add them as a banner down on the bottom of your site, which a lot of our webinar customers use, or you can use it as an exit intent pop potentially for an irresistible offer, especially on your cart page, or if they actually leave your page, and it could be your transitional call to action as well. If it is actually urgent and scarce, definitely use this. Don't create false scarcity, don't create false urgency, but those are a couple of different ways in which you can increase your conversion rates on your website using some sense of urgency. So we're gonna be getting into a lot more when it comes to website conversions and how to increase website conversions. The most important element which is the most challenging, and we'll probably have to make uh, multiple shows about this, is offer augmentation and optimization, as well as your avatar and understanding your avatar. We've talked about avatars quite a bit here on the show, but those five ways in which to, proven ways in which to increase your conversion rate on your website, hopefully they are helpful for you and start implementing them today. At the very least, just start looking at your statistics, start investigating and 
Look at your website like you are a first-time customer. So few businesses do this. I can't tell you how important this is. And then always, always, always look at your mobile site first, your desktop second. If there's two things that I can implore you to do today with your business, definitely do that or have your team do it and make sure that they send you a report as to what they find. So I want to thank you for listening this week. Make sure that you do subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening. We're pretty much anywhere that you find podcasts. Let us know what we can do better over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better and follow me over on LinkedIn. I post there almost every day as well as go over and check out Kasim, I suppose, even though he's not here this week. But at Kasim Aslam over on Twitter, he actually has a really cool Twitter feed. Go back and listen to previous episodes. All the resources and show notes are over at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam, who is not here this week, until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 